Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. Today is Sunday, February 4th. We are here every day. Pick up the phone and give me a call. 8888 Road Dog. Anything goes. I've got a couple topics I'll throw out there mostly. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, Started as an owner-operator, finding freight, getting your authority, you name it, we'll talk about it. Now, a, a couple times a year, I kind of like to go back and go through the... Because we get new callers every day, and then I'll, I get emails and people say, how is it that you can answer questions? And it, it's just because that's what I've devoted my whole life to. When you do something for three decades, hopefully you get at it and you know a few things. But not only have I been in the industry for 30 years, but I've been answering questions, giving seminars, writing articles, being on the So, just to give everybody the quick history, because we have picked up a lot of new listeners lately, which I have to thank you for. I'm, I'm third generation in trucking. My grandfather was an owner-operator for the Not an exaggeration. There were wooden benches for seats on a trip from coast to coast with no days or hours. Um, father was an owner-operator on and off. Nearly every male in my family drove truck at one Um, honestly, you know, I grew up the youngest of seven, and being around trucking, trucking, thought I was going to be a helicopter pilot, and that didn't work out. So I decided to buy a truck, and I bought a truck at 22 and fell in love with the truck. And I grew a trucking company way too had no business experience. Bought my first truck at 22. I bought my second truck at 22. I've rented it, and by the time I was up to 11 trucks, um, one truck. I thought I was on top of the world, and I was almost bankrupt. Realize it, and it took me a while to realize that I was spending like that's a, a common occurrence. Glad though that it happened to me early, because I've always said I'm I learn far more from than I ever learned from getting lucky and doing things right. So I learned that if I and I really really wanted to stay in business, I did not want to file bankruptcy. that I owed people money and a lot of money. And I was determined to pay it back. I made the mess. I was back, and I did not want to close the business. So I, I got rid of nine of the 11 trucks that were profitable. 
and I went back to driving, and, and I had gotten out of driving for a little while and gone back to back to driving because that was how I knew how to make money. But I got really interested in the side of the business, the accounting led me to my second business in the trucking taxes and accounting for owner-operators and drivers, and, and I've been dealing with I've got a lot of experience on the numbers side. That's why I created our software product. Tax service today. I do have an announcement. Um, so, you know, after being um, in the industry a long time, owning trucks, looking out the numbers, the accounting, the tax mileage was a big thing for me. Being really profitable. Then I started doing seminars in the mid-90s. Then, and in 2007, I got a shot from them. I've been on ever since. So um, that's kind of the history of what I've done in the industry. But the other thing, you know, when people say, "But you know, what about financial planning and how?" My strength, you know, I'm a big believer in that. We should stick with our strength. What are we really good at? Being complex issues and simplifying them and help other people understand them. I love to read. I average about two books a week. Averaged about two books a week on read thousands of books on business and And I love to read and and then make things easier to understand. And, you know, being on the radio, if I get a question that I don't know, I go study it because I want to know. I, I want to be able to answer questions. And I don't mean I just go look up the answer on Google. I dive deep into the material. I spend a lot of time I go back to school a lot. Back to school to become a certified Back to school to become a nutritional coach. I don't just skim the surface of a topic. I dive deep down into it. So that's just a quick rundown on um, you know, where I've come from, why I am here on the air doing what I do, and this is what I love to do. I, I have a mission to make the trucking industry a better place to live and and this show and everything. So along with that, I want to kind of segue into my one of my other topics. Um, and that is bad information is worse than no information. And here's where I'm coming from. I've talked about, and, and many of you have heard this statement. We've seen it all the time. They... Um, You've heard the statement, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. That statement is almost always used, though it's some sort of a government conspiracy that, you know, the system is rigged so that the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. I do not believe that for a second. You know, because I read so much, and I love reading books on business success, startups, and people who started 
nothing. There are uh, hundreds, thousands of stories of nothing and are wildly successful. That is still possible in this country. It happens every single day. There is no conspiracy holding down the little guy and making the rich people rich. The reason that statement is true, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer, I won't argue with the statement. It's absolutely true. You can see it in the numbers. Middle class keeps getting smaller. But it's not a conspiracy. It's because the rich people keep doing the same things that made them rich in the first place. And poor people keep making the same bad decisions that keep them poor. It's not the statement. not a conspiracy. So I started talking about two years ago that I'm seeing that same divide in health because now I'm heavily involved in the health industry. And I see the movement around paleo and keto and and I see people getting incredibly healthy. And yet, if you look at the statistics, as a country and as an industry, the trucking industry, the health of drivers is horrible. Statistics say everybody's getting less healthy. We're getting worse. There's more diabetes, more obesity, more cancer, everything. But yet there's this small group that's getting wildly healthy. And there's a split. There doesn't seem to be anybody in the middle anymore. We either have people getting really healthy or they're killing themselves. And most people are killing themselves with food non-food, which is the problem. Most of what people eat today isn't food. So I'm not going to get off on a health thing, but I think what we're seeing now is an information divide. We have a, a group of people who are as they access good information and there's more access to ever. But we also have a lot of people who, the other direction, even though they have access to all of this information. The problem is, there's far more bad information available than good. And you have to work really hard to find the good information. I'm going to talk about that and a couple other things when I get back, and then we'll get to your calls and questions. Give me a call. Anything goes. 8888-ROAD-DOG. Kevin Rutherford. at AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family?
helped millions of people find out. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888-ROAD-DOG. We're going to get to those calls. A couple other things I want to talk about. Um, Back to information. We have access to so much information, which is a wonderful thing, except there's a downside. It makes it really, really difficult. I don't have an easy answer. And I'm not saying the information I give out is just, you know, good information. I do give out good information on trucking, and I stick to what I know, and I don't try to talk about that I haven't studied or researched in depth. But the, in the last couple of weeks, I've been really, really active in a lot of Rather than doing just general And I have a tax group that I've been answering tax questions in. I'm, I actually, people were surprised, but I actually uh, out in a group for lease purchase. And I do what I always do. If somebody's already in a plan, I will do everything I can to help them. If they're not in a plan and they're asking, I will do everything. That's what I'm doing in that group. But I have seen 
them really, really bad advice. And part of the problem is it stems from asking bad questions on Facebook. Examples of questions that really, it's a, I think it's a really bad idea. Um, when you ask a very open-ended, big question with no details, and I'm absolutely shocked that people answer it. Like, let me give you one that I have spent a lot of time trying to straighten out. People will say in one of these groups, owner operator, I've heard that an LLC will protect my assets. Or I've heard that an LLC, I should form an LLC. Is this correct? That's a lousy question to ask on Facebook. First off, anybody who answers that question, I'm sorry, is an idiot. Unless your answer is, I need more information to help you with this. But yet, when somebody says, should I be an LLC, without any more details, I'll see 57 answers to the question. Oh, no, I heard LLCs are bad. Well, that's really helpful. Yes, LLCs are the greatest thing ever. Well, that's really helpful. Um, no, you shouldn't be an LLC. You should be an S-Corp. Why? You know, and when I ask those people why, they don't know. That's my favorite follow-up question, by the way. I've talked about that before. When you're trying to get advice from somebody and they give you advice, always, always ask them why. Make them explain their answers. That, that's one of the ways to help you get Gives you advice, ask why. Most of the time you'll find out they can't answer it. And if they can't answer why, move on and ignore their other answer. And I've seen this over and over and over. There are so many things you need to know about somebody's business before you Better, whether it would save them any money. I, I could go on and on and on. But the answers, I mean, honestly, if I were the one asking that question and I didn't know the answer, after I went through those things on Facebook, I would be even more confused. That's the problem. You're never going to stop all of the bad advice on Facebook. What I'm trying to help you with is to learn and to dig deeper to find out if you're getting really good feedback or not. You know, I love the Internet and the instant communication, access to all of this information. But I see no exaggeration. In questions like this, I see at least nine to one bad answers to good. At least. Probably worse. Ninety percent of the answers wrong or incomplete or confusing. Once in a while, somebody actually gets it right, explains it correctly. But how do you know that? I mean, I know it because I know the answer to these questions. But the person asking, I mean, if you look at it and you don't know and you see nine answers compared to one, you're probably going to believe the one you keep seeing, which is wrong. That the one correct answer is absolutely correct. Here, here's another one I saw. A guy went in and said, I just filed, just got through my bankruptcy. Does anybody know a finance company that will uh, loan me money on a truck? And people just started listening companies. Try this, try that. I went in and said, well, first of all, 
came out of a bankruptcy, and I heard the old myth. Oh, but once you file one bankruptcy, you're golden for credit. You can't file another one. That's the most illogical thing I've ever heard. Yeah, you're right. You can't file another bankruptcy. So what's going to happen when you don't make the payments on this loan like you didn't make the payments on your last loans? That's why you had to file a bankruptcy. Said, oh, but I can go buy a Harley motorcycle tomorrow. I'll prove it. And first off, if you just got out of a bankruptcy, and he said he had cash to put down on a truck. And I thought, that's kind of appalling. You just got out of a bankruptcy where you stiffed a bunch of creditors, and yet you have cash to go buy a truck. And if you couldn't manage your money so poorly, did manage your money so poorly that you filed bankruptcy, and now you want to go into business. That's just a really bad idea. Why would anybody loan you money? And, of course, I get, you know, criticized for being mean to people when all I'm really doing is um, Lots of questions about lease purchases. And, boy, is there some bad advice about that. Um, investing. I see all kinds of people asking questions. I have $10,000. What stock should I buy? Oh, that is a horrible question to ask on Facebook. Um, investing in Bitcoin is really making me freak out today. Everybody talking about investing in Bitcoin. Any question about health on social media is dangerous. So just be careful. Saying you shouldn't use social media information. I think it's an excellent source if you know how to curate. If you know how to take some ideas and then ask more questions and and ask why and then go do your own research and verify that, that the answers you're getting are correct, the problem is this is why we have an information divide. 90% of the people aren't willing to do the hard work to dig deeper. They just take the bad advice they're getting on social media. Um. Yeah, I'm going to take us into the break. I have just a couple more things. I'll take us into the break, and then I'll come back. We'll get to some calls. Um, I've talked about this in the past. We have been conditioned in this country to think of, when we think of taxes, we think CPA. Now, there's nothing wrong with that. There are some excellent CPAs that do taxes. But honestly, the designation CPA itself doesn't really tell us whether Taxes or not. CPA is a certified public accountant. Their training is about accounting. And it's really about big corporation accounting. They're really good at corporate number crunching. That's the kind of stuff they learn. But they get very little training in taxes. Now, most of them, or many of them, I should say, will do their own research on taxes and they have a great background as a CPA. They can be good at taxes. I'm not saying you shouldn't use the CPA. What I'm saying is you shouldn't assume that because somebody has those initials, they are good at taxes. I have let a couple CPAs into my tax group online. And honestly, from their answers, they are clueless about taxes. 
and they're really clueless about the the uh, issues that affect owner operators and taxes, things like leases and per diem and S corporations. And I'm appalled at how bad some of the answers have been. In fact, I'm tempted to kick them out of the group because creating a lot of confusion. And their answer is, "Well, I'm a CPA." Okay, but your answer's still wrong. I don't care what letters you have after your name. Now, what most people don't know, there is another designation that is an EA, an enrolled agent. Um, I almost sat for my enrolled agent exam back in 01. The problem was it was the same week that I sat for my CFP, my certified financial Then I just never went back. I'm considering sitting for the EA this year just to put the initials after my name. I mean, I already do all the research. I know most of the Passing it for me won't be a problem. It's just a lot of time. Um, but I'm thinking about doing that. So always remember EA, Enrolled Agent. That's a, they're, they're, All of their training and testing is about taxes only. Very intensive on the tax side. So let me get to a break. I'll come back. We'll get to your calls and questions. I do have one announcement um, about our tax and accounting service right after the break. Then we'll get to your calls and questions. Stick around. Pain and itching and reduce swelling. Use recommended
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888 Road Dog. I'm going to get to those calls right after this. Uh, oh, the announcement. All right. So starting back in October, I started telling you about, you know, our accounting software, our tax service, and, and saying it's time to get prepared. That was October. I always do it in the last quarter of the year, and I try to encourage people get ahead of the game. In October, I had no idea we were going to get the biggest tax law change in history. We didn't see it. It wasn't on the radar back then. I was still telling people, I think we're going to be really busy this tax season, so you want to sign up early. Once we found out about the new tax bill, I said, at some point, we will probably stop taking new clients. That busy, and I don't want to overwhelm you. Not be able to provide good customer service. I had no idea we would barely get through January. We are now on a waiting list. We're not taking new clients right this moment. We do have a list. We're starting up today. You go to the website. It should be up. If it's not up there now, it'll be up soon. That's truck.com. I don't know when we will take new clients. Could be a week. I, I, we, we just need to take a step back in our journey, go through our staffing, Make sure everybody's up to speed. Look at our numbers. I don't want to let people down. I would rather just not sign you up than sign you up and not be able to get to the work in time. So this is something that will probably continue to happen through the rest of the tax season. We may turn it on for a couple days. We may have a list. We may turn it off and not sign anybody up at all. So if you're interested, I would say get on the list, but I can't promise you anything. Have a plan B. Right now it's a little early, but I'm still just a little paranoid because I don't know when we're going to get this many sign-ups in January. That's why I'm out right now. So maybe jumping the gun a little bit, turning this off right now, but we're going to take a Now, here on the air, I'll answer any question you've got about taxes. That, that's what we're here for. That and any other question you've got. So let's get to some phone calls. Let's start off with Matt. Welcome to the program. Fine today. Or keep getting hard. <laughs> True. Yeah. Like you said. Oh, that's another good one. Yeah, you're because right. Like a net worth, you know, total money in the bank. Right. Other people will judge it on. You're still middle class until you hit, what is it, 400? <laughs> Anybody making, yeah, I don't, know what the, range? I don't know what the numbers are, <laughs> but if that's the case, I don't consider anybody making 400,000 middle class. Sorry. But, and here's the funny thing.
Oh, yeah, you're they're, right. They're worse at saving. Um, several books out about that type of stuff, and I read most of them, and it's point that level, it's all um, 5% emotion, and you know, the numbers are always just the numbers. Motion that actually controls it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, people that consider me rich and I $300,000 on the net worth side. And Tony Robbins, in his book, he recommends not even counting that as part of your net worth because you always need a place to live. So in reality, you shouldn't even count that. No, I think it, it and, you know, there's all kinds of definitions, but I believe the definition of a millionaire, they don't count value of a home. In, in the traditional definition of am I a millionaire or not, you don't count equity in your house no. towards that. You know, it's just other assets. Yeah. It, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, I grew up in a family with three siblings. Out in life. And then me and my third sister, both... Uh, Yeah, it really is. It, you know, people think it's about how much money you make, and that's a part of it. I mean, you have to get to a certain income level before you have enough to be able to save. But we could also take this in a whole new direction, which is happiness. And money does not equal happiness. I know everybody thinks it does, but it, it really nope. doesn't. And the people who believe that are usually the ones that have never had money. I, I've been both. I mean, I did not grow up rich or wealthy. Um, I, I've lost a bunch of money over time. I've gone backwards several times. I, I've been in both situations, and I can promise you the money doesn't make you happy. If you were unhappy without money, you're going to be unhappy with money. Sometimes if you were unhappy with, or happy without money, you can still be unhappy with it. Because along with the money comes a lot of pressure and all kinds of other things. So, you know, we, we, we tend to measure things in, in money because it's numbers. It's easy to measure. How do you measure happiness? You know, so, you know, yeah. but, but part of it is most of the studies have shown that money does make you happier to a certain point. Up to the point where you start living below your means. So you're, you're now making more money than you need to pay the bills and to be secure, and you're putting some money away. That's when people tend to be the happiest, when we correlate it with money. When you get beyond that and you have more than what you really need for the basics, you know, and I'm not talking about, you know, just getting by every day. I'm talking about being comfortable and, you know, being able to take vacations and buy a nice car if you want to. But once you get beyond that, then there's almost no correlation with money and happiness. 
Yeah, that's really bad. No, granted, that's a really odd. Most people don't fall into a huge windfall of money all at once. But um, uh, about the women in trucking there and the generational. Statistically, next generation takes over a business. Yeah, it's sometimes it's very rare that a second and third generation can building a business. Yeah, no, that that's absolutely true. You see that a lot. So you're also saying about we'll focus on health and oh, sustain. When pretty hardcore back in the oh, excellent, excellent. That's well, awesome. Over a month now, but forty thousand steps for the year. A lot of steps. <laughs> it's kind of fun. I, uh, I did uh, right now up here. I'm up in northern Minnesota. It's four below zero. <laughs> yeah. So I'll be. I'm not going to be walking outside here on the road, getting all my steps in. There you go. And it sounds like it is uh, paying off. That's fantastic. The music's playing. I've got to get to a break. Uh, Matt makes a good point. It really comes down to focus. What you focus on is what you'll get. And we just have to manage our focus. We will be right back. Stick around. 8888 Road Dog, if you want to join us. I'm Kevin Rutherford.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Number to join us, 8888 Road Dog. Get back to some phone calls. Let's. Matt, welcome to the program. Uh, hi, Kevin. I run a lot of northern Canada, so uh, at a premium. Got it. Started uh, keto a little over the end of November, early December. Uh, I started at 410 pounds. I took your course, and I'm now down to about 358. Wow. More or less following your course. I was the, uh, I'm one of those people that jumped straight all in. I did all eight steps in one shot. (laughs) Okay. Because I figured that was the only way for me to go. Right. I I, I don't do half, half measures don't work for me, I've I've learned. Got it. Well, that, um, those are uh, incredible results. Yeah, go ahead. I miss, and, you know, I know your course has to try and focus on what you can eat, and I've been doing pretty good. What are your opinions of some of these things there, like uh, miracle noodles made out of some contact rice flour, something like that? Apparently, it has almost no carbs except for fiber. Yeah, it's interesting that you bring up that one particular item. Um, I've, I've studied it extensively. Some people love it. It works great for them. I I have an issue with that, and it's probably just me personally. So without going into a lot of detail, um, when I was young and stupid, I crashed a motorcycle at about 85 miles an hour and almost killed myself um, and ended up with scar tissue on my entire body. I had exploratory surgery. So that scar tissue has caused me a couple issues throughout my life, and one of them is, that, is I was prone had one in a couple decades now, but I was prone to intestinal blockages because that scar tissue would swell. And so when I started doing the research on konjac root, one of the things it warns is about intestinal blockages because that stuff can swell up so much. And as soon as I saw that, I thought, okay, that's enough for me. Um, Because the couple of times that I did have them, I ended up in the hospital for days. And it was a horrible experience. So that alone was enough to just turn me off anything with konjac root in it. Um, but it's on the market. I've heard a lot of people say they love it. It's very, very low carb. There is another option for noodles that isn't super low carb, but it is at least grain-free. And that's a bigger issue for okay. me because I can fit you know, a certain number of carbs into my day. You know, if, if our limit is, you know, 30 or 40 grams of carbs, then I can go really low carb on everything else if I want to treat myself. And there's a company that makes um, some really, really good pasta noodles out of almond flour. And honestly, okay. I, I like them better than traditional wheat and, you know, Pasta noodles. I, I think these are better. Now, they're pricey. I get that. So it's kind of a special treat. Right. You know, I might have them once or twice a month. And and you can't eat a whole box of the stuff and, you know, 
feel think that it's going to be low carb. Right. They still have carbs. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. I, I find that, you know, just the price of everything. I'm, I'm all, being from Canada, just product availability. Like, I, I can't get Kerrygold in Canada. I have to buy it while I'm on the road. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, you um, know, I, the, you, you, there's a lot of things we can't get. Yeah, the, of our wonderful regulations we've got. I, I know. Um, thank the government again. Um, the good news I, in, in I'm, I'm, I'm a libertarian and my politics are good. Yeah, I'm sure they. Well, I, look at me. I'm a libertarian liver, living in Oregon. You know. Fair enough. Yeah, I get it. So the good news here in the states is the products around paleo and keto have exploded. There are so many really good. A lot of stuff made out of almond flour. I also found a company now that makes a lot of uh, keto paleo products out of pumpkin flour, which is a, another really I nice alternative. I heard you mentioning that last week, yeah. Yeah, so your biggest issue really is is searching out sources of all this stuff. Because the, the, the products are hitting the market so fast that I can't even keep up with them. And, of course, just because something says it's paleo or keto doesn't mean it's good. This is where you've got to do a little digging. You've got to look at, you know, the ingredient list. I still like to go with the idea of no more than five ingredients, and I better be able to pronounce all of them, and I'd really like to make sure that I have all of those same ingredients in my kitchen. Right. Um, How important is it? Uh, looking at organic and pasture raised and things like that, so, I'm finding that's the most challenging part for me. The first thing I tell people, especially when we're looking at keto for weight loss, know that carrying a lot of extra weight is hard on our health, and and it's just hard on our life. I mean, so so I always want to prioritize. If we overwhelm somebody with you have to eat pasture fed, you have to eat organic, you. So we do this in stages. So in the beginning, when weight loss and blood sugar control are the two biggest issues, I wouldn't worry too much about pastured and organic and all that other stuff. You know, get to the point where you're eating keto, blood sugar is getting under control, and you're going to be really that last 20% of our health that I find comes from after we've done, you know, keto long enough and we, we're getting down to our target weight and feeling better, then if we want to take it to the next level and reduce inflammation and really get healthy, then you can put a bigger focus on pastured, you know, organic. And I'll kind of give you my my timeline in this. You know, I, I started keto over three years ago. And in the first year I did keto, all that much. I talked about it. I would buy grass-fed when I could find it. And over these last three years, I've transitioned slowly. Well, now, I I would say about 95% of the food I consume now is pasture-raised, organic, top quality. But that took me a long time, three years. Yeah, I see what you mean. That's yeah, that's it's not so simple either here. Um, uh, we, we were talking about uh, 
issues with wheat. How common is it to have a bad reaction to wheat? I'm starting to realize that I may have been reacting to wheat for a very, very long time, just didn't realize it. Because every time I have a little bit of it, my face gets red and hot. I start overheating. Oh, yeah. That's clearly a reaction. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to say something that's probably pretty a lot of people will disagree with me, but here, I think every human on the planet has a negative reaction. I, I just don't think it's human foolishness. In all our life, so we don't know the difference. I, I will tell you the single biggest thing I did in this change. You know, I've done keto, pastured, organic, all that stuff. If if I could only keep one change that I made, it would be that I would never eat think that that's what made right. the biggest difference for me was eliminating and and there there's just you know other than convenience and taste because we love them there's no good reason to eat a grain they're not healthy they have no nutrients in fact we have to we have to put nutrients into them they're so you know lacking in nutrients we store them and what most people don't realize is that wheat actually contains anti-nutrients. There are things in wheat that suck all the nutrients out of our body. So, to me, I'm not surprised that you've actually noticed a specific reaction. Most people just don't realize what wheat is doing to their life. They don't know any different. Okay, I see what you mean. That, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, loved your course. It was really great. Best 30 bucks I've ever spent, and very convenient to be able to review it over and over again. Very good flow on the module. You're wondering what he's talking about. I did a, uh, a about getting started in keto. So keto to lose weight, to get your blood sugar under control, to get high blood pressure under control, to get off medications, or just to feel better and have more energy and a better workout. Keto's a great way to start and then and it, it gives you everything you need to know step by step. Videos, worksheets. If you want to find it, go to letstruck.com look under the university tab. You'll see all of our other courses in there too. I've been uh, busy for the last six months or so creating courses and we have a lot more coming we'll be right back stick around
of commercial where he can send his customers staying generally closed find out what makes progressive the number one Texas, your truck and your road to success in the trucking industry. Now, now, back to trucking business and beyond. The show that puts the money where it belongs. Back in your pocket. Back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're heading into the second hour of the program already. Still plenty of time to get through 88-88. Doug, you can go right back to the Jim, welcome to the program. Can I help you with uh, today? Click on here. Uh, I put it in service in October. Now, on my return for this year's payout, I don't, I'm not sure when I get when you get a return on that. Down a truck. Well, first off, if he didn't take, if your tax preparer did not take depreciation and didn't talk to you, you need to fire them immediately. Always take depreciation. Always. I mean, that would be such a huge mistake. So I I would believe that it's there. But if it turns out that it's not, that's a big mistake. I would actually go back and amend the 2016. Get the because that's when the truck was put in service. That's when the depreciation should have started. Correct. Correct. Well done. No, I know, but, but we still want uh, it done right. That would have to get amended. 
Correct. If it, it now you could you could skip 2016 and just put the truck into service in 2020, but it, it, in an audit it would cause some issues. It, it's not that it's totally incorrect, right. but they're going to question why are there expenses on a vehicle in 2020. And and here's the thing can explain something or defend something to the IRS, we don't want to. I, I don't want to have to talk to them. Correct. I don't want them to start looking through the tax return. Because here's the thing. I say this all the time. There is nothing black and white about our tax code. There is nothing clear. There's nothing simple. It's all pure interpretation. Well, I'm going to interpret the tax code to benefit myself and my clients. But when we get into an audit, now we have to fight with the IRS because they may interpret it a different way. And unfortunately, they have more power. You know, we can always take it to another level, to another court, but that gets expensive. We would just rather not have to have them look any deeper. So we like to have really good, clean tax returns, good records, And, you know, have every all of our ducks in a row in an audit, because I can promise you, when it, the IRS auditor, they're there to make money. That's their whole point. They're there to find mistakes and collect more tax. And if they look at an audit and it's buttoned down nice and tight and you've got good records and you're, you have an explanation for why you do things, they just move on. But when they start finding mistakes... Then they keep digging deeper because they know there's more to find. Okay. All right. I ran the truck in about almost a year. I ran around Navy Day. The bottom half. I went with the later. I can't rebuild the motor. Well, now I have Later on Labor Day, I dropped up thirty-one thousand. How can I? How can I do this? I, you know, it, we we can put it into a three-year schedule, just like a truck. And this is totally based on your numbers. Or we can take the whole thing in, right. the, in the year you bought it. And that, that, it's just the last decision right. I always make on a tax return. Let's get everything else done. Let's see where we are tax-wise. And then we can make the decision on anything that's going to get determined. Spreadsheet for me and everything for all my expenses, the whole nine yards. About sixty-nine thousand. Okay, so That's in a I get paid. in a year like that, if you had a thirty-one thousand dollar in frame, I would take it all. Just take it all, wipe it all out. That's what I'm taking. Yeah, that's the way I would do it. I have my own operating facility. I had it for a while. And I understand the rates and everything are up there. 
I ran all the numbers and everything on this. What's up here? It goes back. All right, you, you, you look at it right around here. Ran the numbers on it. Up eighty one years, and I got thirty one thousand and change for hard expenses. Now the hard expenses else have included in that is click on her. Now I'm looking here after all this stuff. Now puts me pretty close to that fifty percent mark. Yeah. But once the yeah. but once the trouble starts, that puts me over the fifty percent. Yeah. That's gonna put you right around fifty-seven, fifty percent then. Yeah, that's, that's outstanding. Wild, that's outstanding. Not only no, is it that's why it, it, it sounds like it's No, it doesn't. But, but it's I mean, convenient. I'm not I, I don't I, I'm not cheating the freight around. I I don't think it sounds like a low mileage. I, I you know, I, I often say that you know Pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. And that's a, it's used Correct. a lot in investing to mean, you know, returns, but don't get greedy. You know, hogs are greedy, they get slaughtered. So to me, to be able to average 250, and I know people are talking about the Get right. two fifteen a mile consistently on a run you like, and be to be able to keep over a hundred thousand dollars a year and take a month off. I, I would have to say that ninety eight percent of the owner operators in this country are going to be able to do that. Where did the, the two fifteen come from? Oh, 215,000, not too. Okay. So. It was good. Right. It's a little bit of low mileage. Is this team? Okay. So, So it changes my opinion a little, but not a lot. Because here's the thing. All right. Here, okay. Here's what's really important about being in business. It doesn't matter what I think about your numbers or what anybody else thinks about your numbers. Right. It matters what you think about them. For me, the right. only thing I wouldn't like about this, I don't want to run 155,000 miles. So, you know, I like working hard. I work a lot of hours. I always have my whole life. Um, so... I wouldn't get overly excited about that, but I also wouldn't wouldn't say, "Oh no, you shouldn't do that." I mean, that's a good net to be able right. to make a hundred thousand a year and take a month off. Very few owner operators ever reach that. I would say, is who cares what anybody else thinks? Hurts my back. I stay in a motorcycle. 
Yes, let me that, and that's a really good question. Let me clarify something. We talk a lot about per diem, and per diem is an allowance right. for food, so that we don't have sure. to keep all of those receipts. It makes it nice and easy. There sure. is, there is a per diem for hotels, but as an owner operator, you're not allowed to use the per diem for hotels. But if you pay for a hotel room and you have a receipt, it is deductible. And it doesn't matter. If you want to stay in $400 a night rooms, I know you wouldn't, but if you wanted to, it's deductible. There's no limit. Whatever you pay for hotels is deductible. You're just not allowed to use the lodging per dia as an owner-operator. We'll be right back with more stuff. Stick around. at AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family?
Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888. Hey, let me remind you, the, uh, we have put a hold on nine tax and accounting clients for right now. We have a sign-up form. You can go to our website. Working on getting that up, we just made the decision over the weekend. Take a step back. Make sure we've got enough staff on hand. Make sure that getting a sign-up process, so waiting list, and we may come back and open this right back up again in a couple days or a week. I don't know. Just want to make sure that we don't lose anybody. Want to help as many people as we can. Part of helping you is making sure we can help you and making sure we have enough This will be my I know how they go. They're brutal. I, I'm, I'm, it's, it's not just Not only are we doing a lot of tax work, there's just so much activity in the industry. Less than two weeks. That I always love hanging out with our coming to the event that I'm giving in Fort Worth for land starting. Like I said that that one's full. Um, I have a speaking engagement with Got the Louisville Truck Show coming up. All of those are already on the calendar. I'm not complaining, but I am feeling a little Notice I may take a little more time on this show. So let's, uh, oh, the other thing, um, when you go to the website, if, even if you're not going for taxes, head on over and check out the store. You know, if, if you're looking at doing keto, we have tons of great keto snacks. If you haven't tried our beef sticks, they, uh, so there's a way to get, you know, really sticks are And they're fermented. They taste amazing. That is the healthiest beef stick I've ever had. Excellent. We also have nut butters. And all of our nut butters um, are macadamia nuts, the best keto nut out there, the highest in fat, lowest in carbs. Package. You can just squeeze them right in. Excellent keto food. Got some supplements that can help you with keto. Having any digestive issues, we have check out the store. We also have all the truck stuff we normally talk about here. Bypass systems. Oh below, we've got it all on the store. So check it out. Go to letstruck.com and plan on starting your 
click on everything because there's no information on our site. I don't even know where to put it. Let's um, back to some phone calls. Let's go to Pastor Brian. Adam, welcome to the program. Hi, but uh, FedEx has a deal here where let me let me let me stop you right there. Now, is this FedEx ground? So they have a full service lease. So you just. You rent the truck from them. Let's call it what it is. Forget the whole lease thing. You're renting a truck from them, and they're right. going to cover the maintenance. Oh, no. That's Believe me, I know. Well, so let me explain the way I see the big picture of this. Yeah, I think we have to step back and understand what being in business is all about. Being in business is providing the most value you can possibly to your customer, right? And as an owner-operator, we provide value in two major ways. People don't think about this. You're, you're kind of hiring yourself out as a driver. Part of, the big part of what you get paid for is driving the truck. But the other big part, and sometimes people forget this, you're making sure that your customers get a good price. That's where you make your profit. And maintaining a truck at the lowest possible cost means, and, and now I'm digging into details, but this, these are numbers I've crunched for decades. The best way to make money in trucking is to spec and buy trucks really smart, maintain them well, and keep them for a very, very long time. Your most profitable years are going to be the years you don't have a truck payment. So we want to maximize the years we're not paying for a truck and keep our fuel and maintenance costs low. Basically, when you do a full-service lease, the way I see it is you don't own a truck. You're not maintaining a truck. Nobody's paying you for that value. FedEx is actually making that money or whoever the leasing company is. You're being paid to drive a truck, and you've got a lot of extra risk. I don't understand the concept at all. All, all you're okay. being paid for is That's to drive awesome. a truck. You don't own it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, well, you know, Schneider Finance has had some great deals over the years. Now, they do lease purchase, but they also just do leasing and outright sales. I think I've seen some awesome deals at Schneider Finance. Now, you are truly in business. You are going to own the truck, maintain the truck, and you're going to that part of the business. And the better better you are at owning a truck and controlling the cost of that truck. I I get this question about full service, and I, I just don't even understand the concept. So it would be better to do the
you know, I, I, I have to look at every individual deal. There are, leases don't make a lot of sense to me. If I were out going out to get 100 trucks all at once, I might look at a lease. There are some advantages. But if I'm buying one at a time, I would just rather get a loan and buy the truck. And it doesn't matter about lease. My preference, you know, it's always hard to answer a very general okay. question about a truck because when I look at a truck, I dive deep down into all the gear, make, miles, engine. So it's hard for me to answer a general question about which this truck, not unless I have all the specs and all the time to look at all the That's what I would recommend that you dig in. And as you're digging in and you have more information about a back, I mean, if you have more information, I'll go over it with you. And how about this rig dig? Uh... Go to rigdig.com, sign up and pay for it, and then you just need it. Not maintenance records, but crash records, inspection records, violation, title history, insurance history. Okay, understand. Let's head off to a break. It's a good thing I look at the clock every once in a while. Uh, we're coming into a break, so I'll take a back. We'll get some more of your questions. Check out the website. Always something new. It's letstruck.com. Also, look for me on Facebook. All kinds of groups. I'm all over the place. If you can't find me, I'm not sure what to tell you. We'll uh, we'll be right back. Stick around.
I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8800. Hey, welcome to the program. Jumping all over the place. I did that. Robinson. Year 2017, they just made me uh, carrier of the year for the one truck operator segment. Wow. And I gave that credit to your advice. Well, I mean, you could give me credit for maybe the idea, but you did all the work to become carrier of of the year. That's impressive. Oh, it's impressive to me. I'm so excited. Um, I would have never thought about buying something like this. It wasn't for your idea. So it's funny how something so simple can help. Uh, I have called 100% for them. They have three different tiers for the guys that are listening. You get to their top tier. You're on a whole different level with that company. You're, you're treated with the highest degree of respect. Not that they don't respect you then, but you get to see loads that are fresh. That come, they come first to you. Yes. You know, everything changes. The whole scenario. You deal with one person. You don't wait on the phone trying to get through to somebody. One, one person. It's amazing. That is, I just call 100% for them now. And, that, that is awesome. And, and what you just and, described is exactly correct. This is how business works. You know, owner-operators don't see that. That when they are constantly doing is what I call chase the rate and one and done. They log onto a load board. They sort by rate yep. only. And the highest gross rate is the first call they make. And it, and. Then they may never call that place back again because the next time they need a load, they do the same thing. And the odds of that same broker coming up is slim to none. So they chase the rate, and then it's one and done, and then they wonder why it doesn't work. You did the exact opposite. You took what most people would consider the worst broker in the country. Come on, we know what kind of a reputation they have. Yes, yes. It's because they're the biggest... The biggest company in any industry is always going to be a target. They're always going to have that kind of a reputation. But you did the hard work. You built the relationship. You moved up over and over. And you got to a tier that you experienced something that 99% of the owner-operators that pull for CH Robinson. Exactly. And it's it wasn't that hard to do. Can can I can I ask you for a favor? 
I, I am. I, I just mentioned this a little while ago. I'm speaking at a C.H. Robinson event. I do quite a bit of work with them. I, I write. Yeah, I'll see you there. Uh, oh, I'm, you're going to be there? I know you do. I see that on there. Yes. Can I tell you? 13th, the 14th, and the 15th. Yeah. Can Can I tell your story? Sure, I wish you would. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I will wish you yeah. Please. Well, thank you. Yeah, you'll see it. You go to C.H. Robinson's uh, website. Our Facebook page, you'll see it. I sent it to you on your Facebook, one of your Facebook things there, but I don't know if you've seen it or not. Yeah. Not a week ago. The, the but problem... anyway, just go on CH Robinson. See the post, and it, it, when you click on it, it will open up and it will say that I have talked to you and took your advice. Oh, wow. Uh, they give you some credit there, too, you know. Well, I... Well, thank you for the credit because you did all the hard work. I just had an idea and shared it, and you took well, it, I, took it, and ran with it. Ran with it. Uh, I've always stayed away from C.H. Robinson because of all the crap you hear about them. But I want to tell you something: since the first load with them, uh, I have never seen anybody any better. Ever. They pay fast. When you reach their key carrier status, uh, it's not hard to reach, and uh, you set a goal got it made they don't only work for ch robbins they work for you too they want us both to stick around together it's a partnership that i've never seen with any these people are not greedy that that is just awesome i mean i your story i've got goosebumps i I love stories like this people are not greedy they are not greedy i I hate greedy corporations and i'll tell you what these people are the best i've ever seen they're in a hundred countries you just can't beat them they've been around since i think 1930 yeah exactly they've earned Uh, everything they didn't they didn't just buy other companies up they earned everything they have well absolutely amazing and and here's part of that here's the thing it's not that i doubt when people say i called them they were rude the rate was horrible i believe that happens they're a big company. They handle hundreds of thousands, sure. if not millions, of loads. Sure. They have sure. tens of thousands of employees. So, yeah, it, just by making a phone call and pulling a load from them, that's not enough. You, you have to do what you did. You had to dig in. You had to find the right people. You had to build relationships. But now that you've yes. you've done the hard work, you see the benefits. And like I said, I, I work with them. I don't care what. I have found some really amazing people over the years. Um, oh, I, they're just, yes. I, I'm, I'm really picky about speaking engagements. For a couple of years, I turned them all down. I wasn't doing any speaking, you know, other than my own for a while. And this year, I decided there's so much going on in the industry. I want to get out there and do some more speaking. But I'm still really picky. I'm turning down a lot of things. But when C.H. Robinson called, and I've already been working with them on the blog post and other things, I said, absolutely, I'd love to come out. And they pay well. well I'll be meeting you, I'm sure. <laughs> Good. I'll look forward to it. <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward. This just brightened my day to hear that you said you was going out there. And so I said, I better call there. Maybe I can get through. And um, uh, got through. Everything is meant to be here. I'm in snowy roads right now. There's a wreck right here. 
Uh, anyways, it's fast. Um, no, it's great, and uh, I'm looking forward to meeting you there. See you all I can. Um, that's some advice that's probably the, some of the best advice. Well, it's so simple. Thank you so much for taking the time today to get through and reach out and share that, and I will absolutely look forward. Can't wait to meet you there, and thank you for letting me tell your story. It gives me a great material to build my uh, talk around because I haven't even started working on that yet. Let's uh, let's get back to some phone calls. Brenda, welcome to the program. Oh, hey, Kevin. Taking my call. You're welcome. Um, guys are going to get Mucky Brittle in more often, so I'm not going to ask for a replacement on that one. But the hot chocolate mix, I'm yeah. out of, and I noticed that the site was out of stock, so what's a good replacement for that? I wish I had an answer for you. So here's what happened. We love that product. Um, it's the Bulletproof Hot Chocolate Mix. Uh-huh. I love everything about it, and we sell a lot. And they stopped selling it wholesale. I think what what happened is Bulletproof is really getting big in Whole Foods. And we were having trouble getting orders filled. We were having orders that were shipped poorly. I think it's a company that's growing really fast and, and they're seeing some growth. They just they just won't sell it that product to us wholesale anymore. So I, I am looking for a yeah, replacement. Yeah, I went on their website and looked. So. Yeah, I, okay. I'm, I'm looking for a replacement. I just haven't f- – I found two products I liked, except both of them, and both of them are really big kind of paleo companies. And they both are using – they have a similar product, but instead of using raw cacao, they're using and I, I'm blown away. I don't understand why uh, they why they would do that. You know, raw cacao is a good, clean, much better product. And these are kind of paleo companies, and I'm shocked. Yeah. I thought I found the product, and then I looked at the ingredient list and dug deeper and found out it was processed. So I'm still looking. I also have my son, uh, uh, my son Michael, who's really active in this. He's looking. I have uh, Amy Sue. Okay. Lisa talked to her, and she's looking kind of product. So um, we're looking, yeah. But I haven't found anything and then, yet. Also on the on the wrap, um, I looked at Thrive and Sabertooth. Anything good there? Yeah, I know you got to go on break. Yeah, so. let, <laughs> let me come back so I don't have to rush that. I'll come back to the uh, the wraps right after this. Stick around. I'm Kevin Roth.
rates in interest. And because Lightstream is a division of... I'm Kevin Rutherford. The number to join us, 8888 Road Dog. Oh, hey. Um, so I went on that one website you were talking about last week, and the other one you had for on the website for Thrive. Yeah. Have you tried any of those wraps? Uh, yeah. Uh, Saver, Saver, do they tooth, taste pretty good then? Or? The Saver Tooth wraps I really like. Um, Thrive, there's a on there and most of them I'm not wild and okay. when you use coconut flour egg um, and they come out more like crepes than wraps and I, I'm, I just haven't been real wild there's, yeah. an, there's another company that, I thought they had one that was spinach wrap. yeah I think their spinach wrap actually has wheat so, oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah, be careful about that. Um, there's another company that makes a, a product that you would swear is a tortilla. It is. It's so good. Uh, it's called Siete Foods, and they're made out of almond flour. 
but they are excellent for like burritos, tacos. Uh, I like them better than flour tortillas. And they also make uh, really, really okay. good uh, chips that are kind of like nacho chips, but they're made out of almond flour. And again, I actually like them better. What website is that? Uh, Siete Foods, S-I-E-T-E. Okay, Siete. Okay, I'll look into that. And then the last thing I have is just to make sure that I'm in your stop pulling the steering wheel on our operating system. Yes. And, yeah, you got to do the hard work, but, you know, you're the best investment so far as doing your course. Yeah, and I made mistakes throughout my life, and, yeah, I'm in a bankruptcy right now, but getting it all straightened out. I'm listening to the books and here in a couple of years, I hope to be an operator. So I just wanted to say thank you. The great product you have out there. Fantastic. Thank you. And, and I'll let everybody know, um, several years ago, I wrote this program. Sometimes we call it a book, but it's much more than a book called stop holding the steering wheel and start driving. About getting started in this industry, buying your first truck and being, and it is a very in-depth program. It covers everything. There's checklists, there's video, there's audio. I cover everything from thinking about starting the business all the way through your first year of operation. And we've been selling that program for several years. Love it. But what we did this past year was I turned that program into an online course that I personally We are wrapping up our first class right now. I think we're coming up on week And I am having a ball with it. I've been helping owner-operators. I've been giving seminars for decades. This is my favorite tool so far. Again, it's one week uh, at a time for 16 weeks. Live webinars. I have a Facebook group. And I am just, I answer all kinds of questions every week on I am having a ball with this, and I'm loving the results. I think it's because it's, you know, the, the program is so much information, I think people get overwhelmed. Whereas now, I'm able to spread it out across 16 weeks. And I am really looking forward to uh, a lot of these people have already bought trucks. They're using the material. They're succeeding. Um, we are launching another class. So I, I only allow 100 people in this class at a time. Because if it gets any bigger than that, then there's too many questions. And again, this is one of my big projects. We are launching a new class on March 12th. And you can sign up for it right now. And the last time we opened up this course, it sold out in under three weeks. If you are interested in doing program with me, I teach it personally. Okay. We also record those conference calls. We record the video and the audio. And we load those into the line. So even if you can't make it, to a live webinar, the webinar recording is there for you forever. So if you want to 
16 weeks long, but you get access to the material forever. You also get access to the live Facebook group. Ask me questions in there as well. If you are interested in that, I would get signed up because I'm sure this class is going to be um, Go to the website. It's letstruck.com. Look under the university tab, and the course is the steering wheel and start driving your business. Love to see you in that. Let's, uh, let's head back. Good afternoon, Kevin. Well, I was the one that uh, made the comment. I got $10,000. What stock should I buy? It was in the context of what that question was asked about. It was the same thing. If you bought ten thousand dollars, you don't know what stock to buy. Buy an index fund. That's that's what it comes down to. I'm in a bunch of four twenty, or I was in a bunch of four twenty traders. That's what I, my sector is right now. We want to talk about a sector that's hot. You better be bringing two machine guns to the board, uh, to the table because you're going to need them to shoot anybody that's at that table. <laughs> this is the market I'm in right now. Yeah, but the and and I get that. The problem is. The last place an amateur needs to be is in a group like that or in sectors like that. They're volatile. Oh, my God. They're volatile. Yes. They're, look, they trade on the OTC pinks and grays. What do you want? What are you guys? Are they, they're investing or trading in it because it's marijuana. If it was any other sector, they wouldn't be involved in it. Why are you in this sector if you have no interest in stock? Well, and, and, and again, this, this feeds right into this, the, my topic and, and all the bad information on Facebook and all the bad questions. Nobody wants to hear, put your $10,000 in an index fund because nobody ever got rich overnight in an index fund. Everybody wants the big score. What they don't realize is how rare that is. And here's the bigger point. If you have to ask that question on Facebook, you're never going to get the big score. Okay, I got the big scores. Listen to these numbers. I started at 72,000 in May. I went to as low as 66. Then I got into this sector. I went up to 130,000. Within three days, I was down $30,000. You want to talk about big scores? You better be talking about the big losses, too. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very, and you know, you're in a volatile sector of stock trading itself is volatile. I mean, I try to tell people all the time, in my opinion, you shouldn't be in individual stocks unless you have fifty dollars to $100,000 to invest and you have lots and lots of time and understanding to go do the homework. Otherwise, I'm with you. Stick it in an index fund and forget about it. I have seen people this week that were taken out. They didn't realize, yes, I'm making the big money. But I also got the big hit this week, and it's like I am well-positioned. I'm happy. I'm comfortable. Where other people said, this is nuts. I'm getting out of it. They got shaken out, and that's fine. Go back to the banks. Go back to your table where everybody's a gentleman or a lady. I'm going to keep playing in this game field because I'm telling you what, the 420, it's dangerous. You can make big money, but it can also get you shot. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I see people talking about Bitcoin. And there's all the crazy stories about Bitcoin. Those are just that. They're stories and they're rare. 
99% of the people investing are getting killed because of No business, investing, real estate, none of these things are amateur hour. There is no quick answer. Again, if you're asking the question on Facebook and you think you're going to get the best advice and and Ask these kinds of questions. There is no good place to ask these kinds of questions because there's no answer to these kinds of questions. We have to do the hard work. That's why I'm in this group trying to help people that are looking at lease purchase programs. My best advice, and yeah, it's going to sound like a commercial, but my best advice is stop asking these questions on where you're not going to get good answers and take my 16-week course. But that's a lot of work because in my 16-week course, there is also about 15 books that that I recommend you read or listen to during these 16 weeks. That's a lot of work. But the people who are doing that work are succeeding. We've got more to come. We'll be right back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. That, my friends, is the Road Dog Trucking Radio Radio Jack. Rest assured, wherever you are, we are. Trucking Radio. way to hire.
the deafening noise of your daily routine to the all-acoustic world of Sirius XM's Coffee House. Today's pop hits. I'm in love with the shape of you. Stripped down. Push and pull like a magnet. You rock bands. Unplugged. And legend. Covered. Your own personal acoustic pop and rock coffee shop. Sirius XM's Coffee House. Channel 14. Or listen anytime with the Sirius XM app. Texas, your truck, and your road to success in the trucking industry. Now, now, back to Trucking Business and Beyond, the show that puts the money where it belongs. Back in your pocket. Back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. 888 Road Doug, we're heading into the final hour. Still some time to get through. Gus, welcome to the program. Kevin, uh, I've got to every story that tied to every story. With that other driver, I congratulated with C.H. Robinson. I pulled exclusively for that years exclusively. I built amazing relationships with multiple offices. We've got branches all over. I call the Chicago office. Amazing. When they brought in their Navisphere, I basically hauled long haul. Average load 22 to 23. Brought in this Navisphere last year. I'm on a CH Robinson load right now. Yeah. When they brought in this Navisphere last year, it was volume now. It was basically basic volume. That's how you get up. Longer was able to get that volume. Happened was because I had all these amazing because I had all these amazing relationships with all these offices. Now I had to basically pick one and move it over. Now I had lost all the control. Happening was, for example, I started off office in Toronto because I'm from Ontario, so they managed me for a bit. But when I got out west, out west. Now, the normal guys that I used to call in Seattle or Edmonton, I call them up. They'd be like, yeah, we got a load, but I'm not giving it to the Toronto office. You got to come to us. I'm like, oh, I'm being managed by somebody. So I, I, would, I would get the load from them. I would get it from Seattle, whatever. But the problem was, with this new navisphere, they basically stipulated 
out of all the loads for every quarter, 10 of them had to be from one office. So the minute I pulled loads for other offices, even though they were completely accomplished, I never got to the next level. So I never had any access to the load boards. My hands were tied. I could no longer quick plan two, three weeks in advance. I was relying on one office to find loads for me. And a lot of times they couldn't cherry pick from other offices because they all have, I don't know how it works. But I'm, right now I'm back with them. This is my second load March last year. I think one now. But back? Sounds like you might be back. Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, I think pull over. I think I've got you now. For a while there, you were breaking up really bad. So, yeah, I don't doubt anything you're telling me. And and here's the other thing I don't doubt. You'll figure this out. You'll either stay with them and make it better, or you'll go figure out something else. Because you get it. You, You did it once. But here's the thing about business. You bring up a really good lesson. Business is dynamic. It always changes. Just when we think we've got everything exactly the way we want it, something changes and we got to go do it again. And, and that's, where, that's where really good business people are. You know, it, sometimes you fall into something great and then it changes and people don't know how to adapt. So I, 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 I don't doubt for a minute a company as big as well, C.H. Robinson is going to have stories like that. I, I can't count how many contracts I've had or you know, situations I've set up where they're working great. And all it takes sometimes is one person in a company and everything about your relationship with that company can change. So business is tough. I mean, it is. It, it's constantly changing. Well, I, well, I, I found, like I said, I've, had no, I've got no complaints with C.H. Robinson. And like I said, I'm back to pulling with them because I think maybe they got a little smarter. And now the guys with the basic access to the boards, like myself, are getting more access to more loads. I've, now, over the course of the year, I've had to expand and take on a couple other larger brokers. And so now I don't all have my eggs in one basket, but I really missed that relationship I had with all the offices rather than – I might as well have became a company driver with one dispatch when they forced you to go to one office. Right. But that's other than that, that's, I had no negative experiences with C.H. Robinson. I, obviously, because I was, I was with them for six years. As a one-truck owner-operator, and my business model was to manage the business, I my hands. So I had to look elsewhere for the current year. Realizing what they've done, because a lot of the agents that I spoke to said, yeah, a lot of one-truck owner-operators. Oh, this is four percent of the market. Right. My two cents. Oh, to every coin or two sides to every coin. And, and... Absolutely. No, I appreciate you sharing. Um, it, it, information is good. More information is better. Um, I like to quote Dr. Phil on a lot of things because he has a lot of He has one, you know, that no matter how flat you make a pancake, it has two sides. Absolutely true. Let's, uh, let's head off to Reggie. Welcome to the program. I have a, well, one quick thing and then a question. Uh, 
um, with your fuel gauges, profit gauges. Um, I was wondering, you know, you're kind of trending towards more owner-operators with their own authority. Uh, it wouldn't be much to just add um, fuel taxes into that, too, since the numbers are almost there. So this is just a suggestion. I don't know if you got it coming in the pipeline. And then my question was, I was wondering if you could have Royal Jones on the program or, you know, I think he's a really innovative guy and I'd like to hear more about him, but he's kind of kind of low-key. That's all yeah. I had for today. Yeah. Okay, and uh, I'll address uh, both those. I'll cut to Lisa. Um, I know it seems like it should be easy to integrate fuel tax into uh, profit gauges. It's not. It's a tremendous amount of programming. And we are moving toward now are focusing app for profit gauges and so that's really where our focus is we can track all of your fuel state already so if you're online to do your own ifta we have all your state fuel gallons already so I understand why, you know, it might seem like it'd be easy to do a lot that goes into programming. And something else, um, we made a decision a long time ago. When when I first started with the idea of fuel gauges and profit gauges, and I went out and got estimates on what it was going to cost. If I was blown away, hundreds of thousands of dollars that I didn't have at the time. So I actually started looking at having our programming done offshore. All over the world, you can, you know, buy good programmers really like one-tenth of the cost of the United States. So a program that I might get an estimate on in the United States to have some code written that would cost me $50,000, And that was tempting, but we decided a long time ago not to do that. All of our programmers are U.S.-based. In fact, all of our programmers now work for us, and and they're all U.S.-based. And because of that, our programming cost is really, really it is. But we we think the quality is better, and I like keeping those jobs. One of the reasons why you don't see us releasing a lot of new programs takes time to pay for it all. You know, we do have a couple apps that we've brought out last year. We have a couple more coming. But it's really, it's a time and money issue because we haven't paid for any programming outside. So um, now, as far as Royal Jones, um, for the people who don't know, he's the owner of Mesilla Valley Trucking, and he also owns a couple international. Got two of them down there. Um, very innovative guy, but he's always been very, very secretive about all of the fuel products and strategies and modifications, and he gets amazing results. He's also pretty controversial. Um, I don't know him personally. I know of him. I have met somebody who has been brought in to, to that company 
really, really data to to get even bigger and we have talked about a, a partnership we have so much data on fuel mileage but it's another one of those projects that I just haven't had time to advance um, so maybe if I do maybe I'll get an introduction to Royal Jones and maybe he will come on the show we'll see I don't do a lot of guests on the show but once in a while we could we'll see what happens with that We'll be right back with more stuff. Stick around. fastest growing pet franchise with more than 60 stores open and 150 in development is currently seeking franchisees for prime territories across the U.S. If you love dogs and want to join the lifestyle leader in this $70 billion industry...
Topia, where every day is the most exciting day ever. At 7 a.m. East, it's the Dave Nemo Show. On the Dave Nemo Show, we'll wake you up and catch you up with what's going on. Exclusively on... Gene, welcome to the program. Afternoon, Kevin. How are you doing today? Good. What can I help you with? Profit gauges. I have a little bit of uniqueness to it. Um, the first quarter I worked for, got I me, mean, I had been working for for the previous year. And for the second quarter, beginning at the end of March, beginning of April, I finally got on with Landstar. Took me a little while. Um, also, in April, I took my truck down to Pittsburgh Power. I only live about 45 minutes away. Um, I had a little bit of work done to it there. We uh, was able to turn it up. Uh, it was a factory 435 Cummins import. After they reprogrammed it, didn't have to do much internally, but we put on the dyno, it come off the dyno of 465 horsepower at the wheel. Uh, cost me a little bit in April. Second, that second quarter, uh, my appearance, I did was doing very well with Landstar. Problem with that, I talk about this all the time. Average things, we never get the whole picture. So I'm having a hard time looking at the right. report. So I was actually trying to log into your I don't multitask well. And the uniqueness the on there. Go ahead. At the end of July, I parked my truck. I had an opportunity. Um, that, uh, to get off the road and to be home every night. And I was listening to you, I don't know if it was yesterday or through the week on one of the working sessions, but one thing struck a note on me uh, that you said it would be very hard to work under somebody after you've been on your own for some time. Right. Um, I'm kind of in that basket right now because I'm back under the corporate umbrella of a, a Fortune 500 company that uh, likes to micromanage and it's very aggravating, shall we say, at the least. Yeah, um, yeah, I get it. My truck is paid off. My truck is now paid off. I paid, I stopped running the truck in July. December of last year. Okay. Well, so I own my truck free and clear right now. Based on what I can see, and again, it's a little hard for me to dig in. Such a big difference, it's pretty obvious. Um, I think you were doing well at, with the Landstar truck. That's kind of the question is, right. you know, with your own truck now and a paid for, you want to go back to Landstar or not? I think so. I, you know, I, I hear the same frustration in your voice that I've been through, and it never gets better. I mean, I, I you know, I've done it a, a couple times over the years, and I, I, 
I'm all, not all that much of a team player. I, I, I'm just not. Um, you know, I have to manage some teams running a business, but I, even, I, I don't even do much of that in our own company because it's not my strength. I, I don't play well with others. I, I, I do a lot of research. I'm very opinionated. I want to make the decisions. So I, I tend to kind of lead things, but I, I don't even manage the people I put somebody else in charge of that decision. Right. Um, and that's, I've been pondering on this because uh, I randomly, as I mundanely drive across western Pennsylvania and eastern Ohio, I can several times through the day, I picture a shipper or receiver. I was out to stretch a highway very vividly in my head that, you know, it was like I'm there. So I obviously still want to be on the road. Um, running around, but uh, you also had indicated that the rates at Landstar have gotten a little bit better from what you were seeing. Oh, totally. Um, you were going to do a seminar? Yeah, I've, I'm, I've been digging into a lot of the BCOs that we do a pay by how strong their rates are. Yes, that's. I look in my July. I was my profit was about. That's outstanding. From last July. Yeah, and you and you can do better um, than that now. So and it's yeah, I could be able to ascertain the level of pay that I'm getting now and feed my 401k, my savings retirement, and uh, and still be on my own vacation pattern as well. Exactly. Yeah, so sometimes sometimes we have to make that decision between want to make a lot of money and be unhappy because we're not doing exactly what we want to be doing or would we rather go do what we want to be doing and not make a lot of money. Well, we're in a situation now where you can go do what you want to do and still make a lot of money. And be happy doing it. Exactly, right. Just the... Um Everything's pointing me to um, to put my truck back on the road. Maybe once spring hits here, I'll implement that. But I just wanted to make sure that, you know, my numbers I was looking at for that second quarter kind of taken April out of the equation because we did um, – I did have some work done down at uh, Pittsburgh Power. Right. Which made right. A, a significant difference going down the highway. That more, that more power enabled me to get up the hill I wasn't struggling a lot before, but it was a difference. And once I got up on Alan, yeah, which is my uh, yeah, I have a Volvo 770. Yeah, which is fantastic. So I, I'm with you on this one. After looking at the numbers, back to doing what you want to do, a lot of money doing it. Uh, let's get. Chris, welcome to the program. How's it going, Kevin? Good. What's on I, your mind today? You were talking about. You were talking about the. I'm in one of those lease programs where it's all maintenance included, leased through a company. Yeah. And for me, I'm happy with it. But you kind of brushed over some downfalls to it. And I understand, you know, I'm, I can buy this truck out 
when I complete the lease. I really don't plan on it because I look at it like a rider lease, like I'm renting a truck from Ryder or Spence. I get paid a percentage, but the company wants me to be an ambassador and help recruit more drivers. They're looking for owner ops, and they have some uh, other trucks they're looking to do more lease guys like me. And you were talking about the drawbacks of it. Could you kind of give me a few more? Because I don't want to give people information and tell them it's a good thing. And okay. so I can look at your side of it Here's the and thing. see what the bad I, part is. I, I'd like to simplify things. Anybody can complicate things. I think it's much more difficult to avoid And once I get to that essence, I, I don't need to dig any deeper. And this is one of those issues. There's only one thing here I need to look at. As an owner-operator, I make the most And, and the full-service lease is 180 degrees other direction. I am giving away all of the benefit of owning and maintaining that leasing company, whoever owns this truck and is maintaining it, they're not making any money on that? Oh, I'm sure they are. They're in business to make money just like I am. Right. So why would I give that but, away? Because like, then all that's le- – hold on. All that's left – if I give them the profit to own and maintain this truck, the only available profit that's left is for driving it. That, then you're a, you're a paid driver. You're, you're not really an owner-operator. And I don't care what we call people, but, but I'm giving away the biggest part of my profit that makes me better and more efficient. I've always said I can move freight from point A to point B cheaper than anybody. Because I know how to manage equipment, I know how to buy equipment, I know how to get good fuel economy, I know how to get good maintenance. You've given away all of those opportunities. The only way for you to make more money is to drive more, because that's all you're getting paid for. Okay, I, I okay, that's what I'm asking. Yeah, I so mean, I, like I say, in my situation, he, I'm happy. And I mean, that's, I'm paying eight point three cents a mile, so I have flat. I yeah. know what my maintenance is every month. Yeah, and that's fine. And and I always tell people, look, and if you're happy with your situation, then don't let me persuade you any different. But I, I'm, you know, speaking to okay. people who may not be in that situation. And if you wanted to, I could go into other downsides. And but I don't. For me, I don't need to. That that one reason, giving up all of my potential truck. That's the only reason I need. But I could also go into the fact that I don't get to spec this truck. Somebody else spec'd it for me, which that's my bread and butter. I know how to spec trucks really well. I don't really get to modify this truck because it's not mine. I don't own it. There's another thing that I'm really good at. I'm really good at modifying trucks over time to lower maintenance costs, to lower fuel costs. And I'm good at managing the lifespan of a truck. I know when it makes sense to keep it with no payment. That's when you really make a lot of money. And I know when it makes sense to trade it and how much to spend. Those are all what make you really good and profitable as an owner-operator. In a full-service lease, you don't do any of that stuff. You drive. And that's really all you're getting paid for. And you have a lot more risk. I'm glad you're happy with it. 
but it's not something I would ever recommend to anybody. Thanks for, uh, well, don't go away. We've got more coming. We still. Sirius XM presents the Women in Trucking Show, brand new on Road Dog Trucking Radio. You have to respect these women out here. They are out here working just as hard as we are. Talk about the challenges and triumphs of women behind the wheel. This is Alan Boyer with the Women in Trucking Association. Our goal is simply increased number of women employed in the trucking industry. A brand new show, the Women in Trucking. They are out here just like we are. Every Saturday morning, 10 Central, 11 Eastern, on Road Dog Trucking Radio. Choice. They use a state-of-the-art electronic Cherish forever and now save.
back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're, uh, we're down to about the final half hour, so still plenty of time to get through. They'll keep dialing. Kenneth, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. How you doing? Doing good. What can I help you with today? Um, well, I leased the truck for about a half years when the uh, truck blew up and they took it back. They tried to get me to lease another one, but I decided I'd had enough numbers to feel comfortable buying my own. So I went out and bought a 2010 Peterbilt. I am now trying to figure out the depreciation on how I could go about doing that. Whether for, and I can't seem to find a straight answer. Well, <laughs> so I de- figured I'd call you. Yeah, I'll try to simplify it as much as I can. Depreciation can actually, it's one of those things where we can either keep it really simple or I could try to impress everybody and go off on, you know, 200 dB straight line, 150 Mackers. I, I could make this sound like, you know, a top-level college course and nobody would get anything out of it anyway. So let's just keep it simple. In fact, let's just use your numbers. When did you buy the truck? April 24th. Of 2017? 2017. Okay. So this is the first tax return you're filing with this truck. How much did you pay for it? Um, 42000 Okay, have you done your accounting for the year? Do you know what that is? Um, not quite. I'm a little behind. Okay, that's the number I, I go along. That, That's the number I need. <laughs> let let me say this. If you net net income, which means after we take all of your other expenses without depreciation. So, you know, maintenance, tolls, fuel, Sales, office, everything plus per diem, which is, can be a big number, and whatever is left, then we make the decision about depreciation. What you do is we put the truck into a three-year depreciation schedule. It, that's not even really an option. That's just the right way of doing it. But once we have it in that three-year schedule, we have the option year we're buying it, that, that when we file that tax year, to take as much of that 42000 as we want up front. We get to pick a number. And if we pick 42000 the full price, then you're done. You wrote it all off in one year. There is no more depreciation. So let's say that, that you just happen to have exactly $42,000 in profit. I would take all 42000 Your business made zero. There's no tax. Now we'll deal with next year's tax next year. So I, I, I'm a big proponent of take the depreciation understand what you're doing, and understand that next year you have zero depreciation. So your tax bill is going to go up. Now, let's say you had $20,000 in profit. Well, then I would take $20,000 worth of depreciation this year. Again, take you to zero the other 22000 will be spread out over the next three years. Next two years, you mean? Three. I know, it's confusing. We call it a three-year schedule. This is where I said I could talk about depreciation all day. We call it a three-year <laughs> schedule, but the IRS makes you take your deduction in four different tax years. Because if we ignore Section okay. 179 and we put your 40, 
let me call it 40000 into a three-year schedule. In the first year you bought the truck, they only give you half a year of depreciation. Then we get two full years, and then in the fourth year, we get to take the half a year from the first year. How's that for confusing? I wish we could get make it easier, but hey. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. All right. That was, that was kind of what I was trying to figure out. I was, I've seen things saying it's only available if you buy a new new vehicle, used doesn't qualify. Now, here's here's what, and again... So that's where my confusion was Yeah, well, from. and here's why, because our tax code's too complicated. What you were probably reading is what's called bonus depreciation. Bonus depreciation is so, kind of sort of like Section 179, but I never use it. We don't need it. Section 179 is easier. Well, now we can pile on some more confusion. Bonus depreciation used to only be for new equipment. But with the new tax law change, now you can use bonus depreciation starting in 2018. You can use bonus depreciation for used equipment as well. But I'm still going to ignore it because I'd rather work with the Section 179. It's just easier. Okay. Listening to you for a long time, and that, that now that I actually had to pay attention to that section, I <laughs> wanted clarification. Well, hope, hopefully, <laughs> I was able to do that. Like I say, it, it is. I, I could talk for the rest of the show about depreciation, facts, and it wouldn't do anybody any good. Um, I, I I would not encourage anybody to go try to understand depreciation. What I would encourage you is ask good questions, like you just did. Hopefully somebody explains the basics, what you need to know. But even more important is having a tax preparer who will work with you to make good decisions about your That's the best answer to this. Let's go to Iowa. Tom, welcome to the program. Hey, I have a tax question. All right. Uh, I was BCO for 14 years, and... Landstar wouldn't allow me to do what I wanted to do, which is buy a 99, which I have my own authority for the last two years, but I'm staying with the same Landstar dedicated loads. And the agent sends me over the breakdown of the load, like uh, the line haul, uh, fuel surcharge, uh, stop pay, driver's assist. Okay, we got this figure here. They run, since uh, I'm an outside approved carrier, the lady puts in all the stops on another sheet, and at the bottom of the last sheet, I get a different figure. So Landstar takes a piece out of the top. Am I allowed to deduct that top piece as brokerage fees or no? So here, this is a really good question, and this causes a lot of confusion. And again, I'm going to try to simplify it as much as I can. One of the things we have to be careful of, here's what I prefer. Let me try to use an example just so it makes things easier. Let's say there's a load that pays $1,000 to the agent, but you're going to get $800 of that because the agent's going to keep 200 The easiest way to do this Correct. is for you to just show the 800 as revenue. 
Otherwise, you're going to have to show the 800 as re- or the 1,000 as revenue, and then 200 as fees. You still end up paying tax on the 800. So why don't we just simplify it? And it's it's also correct in the accounting. You didn't receive a thousand dollars and then have to turn around and pay the 200 as a fee. You received 800 dollars. So that's the correct way to account right. for it. Now what I've seen though is I've seen brokers or carriers who will issue the 1099 incorrectly. If that's the only load you pulled my example, you should get a 1099 for $800. But if they do it wrong, which they do all the time, I've seen them give you a 1099 for the 1000. Well, if they do that, the easiest way to fix it is to show the 1000 as revenue and then take the 200 as fees. So you're still only paying tax on the money you actually received. So if if all the brokers and the carriers actually issued the 1099 correctly, this wouldn't be confusing because you could go buy your 1099 and that's the, the real revenue you received. But unfortunately, I see this screwed up all the time. I think Landstar's got it uh, pretty much straight on. I think uh, you answered my question. I think... The, the, the 1099 that was issued was uh, uh, they're, they're taken for what I'm doing an astronomical amount of money. Uh, but all that said, uh, I'm totally comfortable with what's going on, uh, what I'm doing. I'm 65 this year, and and I'm not sure how many more years I'm going to drive. But um, you pretty much answered my question, what I wanted. Good, good. That's, I think we'll. We'll just stay with the, the ten ninety nine dollars uh, that they sent there, and 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 just leave the, uh, yep. the their portion alone. Yep, perfect. That's the easy way, and it's also the correct way, because again, we, you know, unfortunately, the financial sector complicates accounting. Accounting is nothing more than money in, money out, really. And you didn't, in my example, you didn't get the $1,000 in and then have to turn around and send the 200 out. That's the complicated way. What you got was $800. Done. Let's keep it simple. Thanks for the call. We'll be right back. Stick around.
testament to our professional drivers. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We're just about done today. I'm down to the final segment. Colin, welcome to the program. Hey, sir. How are you doing today? Doing good. What's on your mind? Um, right this last week, the freight rates have really, really dropped. I want to tell everybody that and don't be afraid to ask for the money. Uh, one perfect example was one perfect example was last week. Public, I had two reefer trailers over here. Couldn't get any good freight. Everything was a buck and a half a mile or whatever. Uh, I called up. They offered me $1,200 to Arkansas, which is a buck and a half a mile. And I told them I was going to give them 2400 and we ended up agreeing to two grand for dry, dry van loads. There you go. So I came out at like 250 a mile. But just because they're posting right now, got the ELDs, and we still got a shortage of trucks have the money because they've been paying it. Yeah, don't be and, afraid to ask. 
you know, here, here's something else to, to look at, because you bring up a good point. Ask. Ask, negotiate, build relationships, all that stuff when you call, you want to talk about. You know, we could look at the stock market. It is a great example. I was going to talk about this today. I was going to talk about this um, The market is up over 200% since the crash in 08, the recession. 200%. On Friday, it dropped 2.5%. And everybody freaked out. It, it, so what? It's a little bit. Rates are going to do the same thing. We'll see these run-ups like we've seen, and then they're going to back off some. But you make a good point. Just because they're posting lower rates doesn't mean there still isn't a real need to And I don't see anything in the future that would cause any significant we're not going to adjust to ELDs. There's only so many trucks and there's only so many trucks. And if you look at the economy, everything looks good. This week, virtually everybody in the company is going to see a bigger paycheck than they did last month because of the new tax laws kicked in and payroll. Have money. What do they do with it? They spend it. And if they spend it, they're buying stuff. And if they're buying stuff, guess what we have to do? We have to move more stuff in our trucks. Well, the other thing that you've got to remember start to get all their big income tax returns. Oh, that's right. And they're going to be out money. That's right. Yeah, so. So, yeah, we'll see these small corrections, and I did notice that. I was watching the spot market last week. It was down a bit. Um, So you will see brokers try to take advantage of that. Here's the other thing, and you know this because you work both sides. Brokers know that they watch the information better than owner-operators. So if the brokers notice a small drop in rates, they will exaggerate it. They'll say, oh, no, rates are down this week. And the owner-operators don't watch the real stuff, so they don't know, and they'll accept that load. When you just showed that you were able to negotiate way more than what they posted it for. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My second comment was... Yep, go ahead. uh, My second comment was, you know, you and I talked last year. And I remember you saying on the show a week or two after that, encouraging people to get there. I don't know if you want to explain a little bit about Connected. Get out there and be successful and find out what not is happen the next year, but two years, five years, ten years. They need to get there. They need to sign up. Well, I'm glad you brought it up because I do want to talk about Connected because there's so many reasons to be there. Let me talk about what Connected is. Truckstop.com is the largest load board in the world. I do a lot of work. They have basically two customers. They have brokers and carriers. And they're split kind of even. I mean, honestly, they have a lot more carriers than they do brokers. 
But the brokers are far more engaged in everything that they do. The brokers go to the training. The brokers use the tools more. Spend more on tools. The owner-operators tend to log in, look for a load, log out. They don't go to the events ever. You know, Connected is their user conference. They have more carrier users than they do brokers, so you would expect to see a lot more carriers at their user conference. But there was virtually none. It's all brokers, and it's like that every year. And you went there, and, and you are primarily a small carrier. You do some brokering. But you were like a celebrity there. The brokers were seeking you out. Oh, yeah. Because you're the only one. Yep. They're looking for good carriers, and you're in the building with, with rooms and rooms full of brokers. And they all wanted to talk to you. For both my carrier and my brokerage side of things. Yeah. And I just want to encourage people to go and get the education. The people that you have there speaking, not only yourself, but um, I remember, I think it was the year before you, that you weren't there, and they were talking about how the United States was 27 or 37 or something, cut um, major cities, set up like a bicycle wheel. We'll be delivering to the outside of the city, and they all have little vans running all your groceries right. and things right to your door, and it's set up like a spoke on a bicycle wheel. Amazon and all those kind of things. You learn all this years ahead. You remember Connected like last Connected. year. Yeah, last year they had Noel Perry right. there, you know, who did an awesome job yeah. of laying out the future and And literally, you listen to this show, almost every topic that I have talked about since Connected last year came from material I learned at Connected last year. That's how much I learned when I was there. Yeah. Yeah. That was a big, interesting learning experience as well. Was that the one at the... uh, the Aviation Museum, or was there a different? No, that was uh, that was truck stop. That put on yeah, the that's what I thought. I, I must have missed the Uber. It was a different one. Yeah, it was a different one. It was a uh, barbecue restaurant or something, but it was really, really good. You know what, I remember people, yeah, I remember other people talking about that, but I missed it. You know, that's the thing. It was a couple-day event. There was so much going on. And I was, you know, trying to book things for breakfast and lunch and dinner. You know, for a fairly new event, Truck Stop has done an awesome job. And I don't mean myself, I you know, I mean all the other speakers I got to listen to. I learned a lot. Well, Noel is just amazing as far as I'm concerned. I mean, that man is yeah, everything, but that's his job. Right. Yeah, that, that's what he does, and he's really and, good at it. Yep. Yeah. So, anyway, I just want to encourage everybody. 
I know what's coming down the road in the next few years is worth taking a little bit of time off. Some money, just like the CMC. So you're going to learn a lot. Yeah. But, hey, it's good stuff. Thank, thanks for bringing that up, both Connected and the CMC. Uh, we'll have more and more information out about both of them. Connected is, uh, they've already launched. At Connected again this year. Excited about all the other speakers they have. They have some Thanks for tuning in to The Audio Road. If you have any questions, give us a call at 855-800-FUEL. That's 855-800-3835. Check out the website at letstruck.com and find us on facebook.com slash letstruck.